Welcome back to another episode of Practical Nutrition. I'm Alex. I'm Cassie. I'm Amanda. And I'm Maria. And today we are talking about sugar. Woohoo. What do we think? Was that pretty good? That it was, was good. good. <laughs> really good. Cue the Maroon 5 song. Yes. If you guys didn't get the reference there. <laughs> Absolutely I know it's not just like him, yeah. but just yeah. thought, you know, I'd throw that in there. So talented. I knew exactly what song you were talking Thank about. Thank you. We did. Thank you so much. I don't even know why I'm a dietitian when I can be I a know. singer. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> I think I'm in the wrong occupation. <laughs> so today we were talking about sugar, if you didn't get that. Uh, sugar is one of the most consumed items in the U.S. Ideally, the American Heart Association would like us to stay under 25 grams or less of added sugar per day, which seems reasonable. Yes, right? and that's very important, that added part. Added sugar, which we're going to break that yes. down here in a second if we didn't know the difference. But um, that's about four to five teaspoons of sugar a day, which does anybody know without reading it how many <laughs> <laughs> how many teaspoons the typical person consumes in a day? I'm just thinking about my son in the cereal bowls. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't, I've gotta, he's got to be well above that. Yeah. yeah. I like don't know the 20. average. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the average is 17 teaspoons yeah. per day. There you go. Okay. Which is about 68 grams of added sugar, which is almost triple what the American Heart Association would, would recommend. So it's kind of an issue with how much added sugar we're having. Um, so today we're going to talk about different types of sugar, um, why it can have some addictive properties. And if you are feeling dependent on it, what the heck do we do? Right. Sometimes it's really hard to know what to do. Um, and we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. So there's two main categories of sugar. And I'll have Cassie talk about the two yes. different ones. So the first one, and this is, like I said, really important to understand the difference because oftentimes natural sugar and added sugar get lumped together when people are trying to make dietary modifications and they are not the same. So um, natural sugar is that sugar that occurs naturally in food, like fruits, vegetables, and dairy products. So um, milk is going to have natural sugar from the lactose that's in it. Um, fruits from the fructose, vegetables also have fructose and other um, sugars. So um, they are typically accompanied by other helpful, beneficial nutrients like fiber, vitamins, antioxidants, minerals. And so um, those are things that actually improve your health, health and are not associated with any negative effects um, that you may see with all the sugar information out there. So, um, so if you are trying to stay with that 25 gram or less, I think people are like, oh my goodness, if I eat, you know, fruit, then I'm at 50 or 60 grams. Well, that's not really the same thing. That's not what the recommendation is. And added sugar refers to sugars that are added to food and beverages during processing. So those aren't going to be naturally in the foods. Um, and they're in the form of typically refined sugars um, and processed foods, sodas, candies, baked goods, all the cookies and sweets and um, fast food and all sorts of things have those added sugars in there. And it, it was really hard to tell what was what sometimes in in packaged foods um, but now you know the food label helps us a little bit which I love that um, that they've done that so um, and if it's something that is a whole food that's a fruit or a vegetable those aren't going to have any added sugar in them so the number would be zero if you're trying to figure that out so all of the sugar that's in those is going to be that natural sugar so um, and unfortunately added sugar is associated with some negative health effects 
products, regular consumption of foods that have those in there can contribute to obesity, type two diabetes, cardiovascular disease, high triglycerides and other things. So all those things that we are trying to help you guys avoid. Yeah. And it kind of makes, we are talking about like natural sugar, just going back to that. You hear a lot of times like, well, I don't eat bananas because mm-hmm. I do hear that. You a lot. know, they're higher in natural sugar. But again, Cassie just talked about all the benefits of having the fruits and vegetables and all the things that are with it rather than just the natural sugar, all the benefits that you are getting from yes. having those things. Yes. Yes. Know? And a PSA, I mean I've I know I've been doing this over twenty years and also looked at tons of research over the years. And I have never seen someone in my entire career um and or read about that had um negative health effects from eating whole healthy fruits and vegetables. I just haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I mean I haven't ever ever seen a research article that said that. Now, if someone's eating huge amounts of it and they're diabetic, that could be a negative and they're not, um, you know, doing it with other foods or balanced meals, but as part of a healthy eating pattern, um, it just, I just have not seen it. So if you're worried about that, um, I don't think that it's something that you probably need to be worried about. Yes. Just consume those things in moderation and balanced ways. And even the added sugars, we're not saying never consume them. That would be just fun for sometimes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sticking to that less than 25 grams per day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you, it's sneaky. I would, if you're unsure of where you're at, I would maybe track it for a day, like in a MyFitnessPal or something and see exactly how much added sugar you're having in a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I cut it out of my morning coffee a long time ago. I don't even know. I never put a lot in, but I think about people who do like the drive-through coffees and how quickly that probably adds up. And you don't realize because, you know, like some coffee shops, like if you get like a, I don't know, like a mocha frappuccino, sometimes it's like upwards 40 to 60 grams of added mm-hmm. sugar just in a drink and it's right. not even really filling and you you're up well over right. the amount yeah. yeah you're starting your day that way so just something to keep in mind so we kind of define the difference between natural sugar versus added sugar now let's get into the nitty-gritty of why sugar is sometimes hard to pass up uh, sugar can absolutely become a fixation something that we think about often but why is this the case there could be a few reasons and I'll start with the first one. So physiological factors. So consuming sugar triggers the release of dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter in the brain associated with pleasure. So it's involved in other addictive things like drugs, gambling. So this release creates a pleasurable sensation leading to, you guessed it, wanting more. So over time, repeated sugar intake specifically results in a higher tolerance. So a higher tolerance means larger amounts needed to achieve the same level of pleasure. Yes, it's very crazy. I always, you know, I tell clients a lot of times that our brain is kind of like a two-year-old and it's only thinking of instant gratification often with these things. And, you know, the food industry actually does a ton of research and spends probably, I don't even know how much money, but probably billions of dollars on um, hooking up people's brains and watching those pleasure centers light up whenever they put different combinations and amounts of sugar in them. And so this is, um, and a lot of people don't realize that, that these foods that they're serving us are really designed to have the most intense pleasure in your brain. 
Yeah, because it makes you want to buy more. Yes. And that's really a lot of the times all they care about is like, yes. I want you to buy our product. Right. Even sometimes things like, I always use the example of like McDonald's French fries. Um, those are my favorite French fries, just if anyone would like to know. But <laughs> they have dextrose on them. And so they've researched and found that people will buy more, eat more of the French fries if they have a sugar content to them, even though they're not a sweet food. They're I didn't a salty know that. food. They add sugar to it because it gets you. Yeah, there's a lot of research that goes into all oh, the different yeah. things that are added from color to, you know, um, to sugar, to additives, to all of this stuff. Right. And it's effect like on your brain, like you mentioned, there's tons of research. And I mean, you could, there's so much. I don't even know. I was like, trying to look at it. I'm like, can't even, yeah. I'm just going to just right. break it down myself. Yeah. Yeah. The commercials, so, the marketing, yeah. the language they use, right. all of it is yeah. to attract the customer. Yes. And it starts from such a young age. And like, you know, Alex was saying that the more, you know, the higher tolerance and the more you want, um, and that's what's difficult because it's just something people expect and want. And it's just part of, yeah, our culture. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, that's, I mean, yeah. that's what it boils down to is that it's part of our culture. Yeah. It also just tastes really good in your mouth. Like it's just really pleasing to eat. So sometimes when we eat foods that are highly palatable, it makes us feel like we need more of it, triggering those addictive thoughts. Do you ever hear people talking about craving broccoli? <laughs> no. I, I'll be honest. I crave broccoli sometimes. That's good. Don't start like the nerd in the group. <laughs> no, but I, I actually love crave like veggies. roasted yeah. Yeah. broccoli and yeah. roasted cauliflower. And if I haven't had it in a while, I actually <laughs> do. No, that's but that's a good what we're thing. talking yeah, about. Yes. It's breaking the cycle of unhealthy eating. Like it, you get hooked on the sugar, let's say, or mm -hmm. the coffee drinks or whatever. And it takes, you feel like you can't get out of it maybe, but it, you have to go through like a healthy pattern for what is it, Cassie? Is it how many weeks until like a habit? Yeah, I think it's like sixty-six days. So, so you know, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, so you got to change yeah, something but, and then make it yeah. stick, right? Um, and yeah. then perhaps then yeah. you would crave broccoli or yeah. right. <laughs> Brussels yes. sprouts. Yes. No, yes. Which right. is a good way to measure like your progress in your health journey. True. Like, am I still craving sweet foods more often than I'm craving healthy foods? Right. So that's a good point too. Yeah, that is. And two, I mean, when you're battling yourself and battling your brain um, all the time, it's very hard to keep making healthy choices if you're always wanting the other things. So that is something that we try to help people with is helping them not want to eat the other, you know, because like with vegetables for me, if I have uh, been on vacation or had a lot of celebrating or whatever, I'm always like, oh, I'm so ready to get back to yes. my healthy eating. I feel better, you know? And so that, I don't know if I crave it necessarily, but I crave how it makes me feel right. to eat healthy. So, totally. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like too, if I've been like in a cycle of having more sweets, it makes me just want it more. I'm just like in the habit of being like, oh, I need something sweet just because not even half the time because I'm craving it because it's like, oh, it's after dinner, I need a sweet, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's just like, is becoming a habit, which I need to backtrack. And that's from. one of those things that you'll pick yeah. up on it. Wait, I, when did I start doing this? Like exactly. I started needing something after I had dinner or after, you know, my lunch. Like if I hit the break room and get something sweet, I noticed I got into a pattern of doing that. I'm like, why am I doing this? A, I don't want to spend the money on these expensive, unhealthy snacks here in the break room. And it's not good for me to be eating a candy bar at this time of night, you know? Yeah. And I know we all work with a lot of people that have to battle that, like the break room or the candy dish and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and we'll talk a little bit here, um, in just a minute about what we can maybe do to help 
combat some of that stuff. Um, so next, moving into psychological factors. Um, so sugar can be emotionally comforting and provide temporary relief from stress. This emotional attachment can lead to using sweets as a coping mechanism. And we've talked in other podcasts about different ways to cope with different feelings, going for a walk, not always turning to food and things like sugar to kind of combat that. Yes. And marketing is huge because sugar is everywhere um, and it does make it hard to resist. Um, so convenience, constant exposure, you can get it anytime, anywhere. Um, it's very cheap and affordable. Um, and so, and also it, be, it really becomes part of, like I said, our culture um, because that's just how people celebrate. That's, um, you know, what kids eat a ton of it, adults eat a ton of it. Um, and so, um, but it's important to, you know, help to learn how to control and regulate it. And that's um, where we're trying to help you out with today, because I don't know that that's going to change. <laughs> Unfortunately, right. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I mean, uh, uh, while we as consumers are wanting more and continuing to buy it, it's going to be there. So, um, you know, it's you can control your environment at home, um, but you're still going to get exposed to it. So and your kids will, too. Yeah, there's ways. I, I feel like one thing is what channels you watch on television. Mm -hmm. Like when my husband's watching sports channels, they they market a lot of like fast food and sugary beverages and like less less healthy items. So he usually will like mute the commercials or get up and walk away during the commercial as a way to like not be exposed to that type of food marketing. So I've used that with some clients too, but it's also cultural or like some people only have access to convenience stores or like dollar type stores for grocery in like rural parts of the country. And so they don't have fresh fruits and vegetables. They have like the processed type sweets too. So cultural economic issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then moving into underfueling or lack of balance in your day can be something that could maybe trigger some of those sugar cravings to happen. Um, so if you haven't eaten enough, your brain may think of fast, quick energy for fuel. So like if I haven't eaten since like breakfast, let's say, well, that's actually pretty accurate. I haven't eaten since breakfast. Um, <laughs> and I'm hungry. And if somebody's like sitting next to me eating a donut, my brain's going to oh, be like, yeah. ooh. I need that because it's the quickest thing. It knows it's going to give me quick energy. Um, so your brain, like Cassie said, it's kind of tricky yes. in a way. <laughs> it is. Yes. Um, and then two, this often turns into something highly processed. Like I mentioned, maybe like a donut or something like that. Um, for that quick energy boost, that's often going to be low in fiber, protein, fat, um, and will leave you feeling even more hungry. Like if I had a donut right now, it might taste good for the, you know, the 30 seconds. And then I'm going to be like, oh, I'm hungry. You know, because mm -hmm. my body's like, I need more. Yeah. And you'll probably have an upset stomach from the friedness. And <laughs> yeah. Not saying I don't crush a donut every now and then. Let's make that very clear. <laughs> but saying like in that situation, I might grab a donut yeah. for that reason. Um, so sugar consumption may increase when we lack quality fuel throughout the day. So like I just mentioned, not eating enough. Uh, we lack that protein, fiber, fat, or when timing's off if we're waiting way too long between meals. Mm -hmm. So. Another reason we may be going back for seconds on sweets is due to insulin. The production of insulin is necessary to regulate blood sugar. So if insulin is doing its job, glucose will come down fairly quickly when you ingest sugar. That can cause people to feel like they're crashing after a sugar rush. That insulin-induced crash can trigger our brain to say that the body needs more sugar, and it will send the message wanting us to eat more, which that's how I feel after I do have that the, sugar, the candy bar or something is a pick-me-up or I'm craving that something sweet. And then I 
tend to really regret it mm-hmm. later. Right. Because I feel cycle. that big crash. Yeah. Yes. And then I'm like, now I need a cup of coffee or something because I need to do the news, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And really combating that would be like if you wanted a piece of candy, the, like having your lunch and then having the candy with it, not just like trying to fill up on candy because you're right. not going to get full and you're not going to be satiated. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's definitely difficult, but like Maria was saying, it can be a vicious cycle and that happens too with like the non-caloric sweeteners it's kind of tricking your body into producing the insulin but then your cells aren't receiving the actual sugar so that can cause that vicious Mm. cycle too of craving more and more so don't think that added sugar is better or worse than the non-caloric added sweeteners too they do like a similar function in the body yeah so Again, not trying to hate on sugar. All I mean, sugar is fine in moderation, but it is important to know these things. If you're somebody who's constantly like, I feel like I'm just, you know, quote unquote addicted or fixated on it, then maybe you can take, you know, some of these tips that we're about to share. So now that we know why sweets may have us in the palm of its hand, let's yeah. talk about how we may be able to break free. The quick answer really is that everybody's different and not every tip is going to be relatable to everybody. Um, however, here's some things to consider. So first, setting a clear goal to find why you want to reduce sugar in the first place. Having a clear goal and understanding the reasons behind it can provide motivation and focus. And that's, I mean, that's that can be with sugar, that can be with anything. Setting so a clear, specific goal. And it may not be... I'm going to take sugar out of my house completely because that may not be realistic for people. It may just be, I'm going to buy a different item that I can like portion control, like Mm -hmm. that's individually packed or whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And And I was just going to say for the, you know, um, motivation and intent, for sugar intake, it's like that can change too. Cause I know I have a lot of clients who kind of go through their journey and, um, and sometimes it might be that you want to break the habit. Like that's your intention and you feel like you're relying on too much and you take it out of your house, you know, for a little while, that doesn't mean that you can't build trust with your body, you know, and add it back in later. And so, um, so that does look different for everyone. Um, and we do want people to have balance and all of those things, but sometimes, um, you may need to change what that intention is depending on where you are in your journey and that is totally fine so yeah yeah absolutely and think about like realistic ways to set goals like just taking what you're doing now and decreasing it by a little bit so if you're having like three sodas a day now try to do two sodas a day for a week and then one soda a day and then one every other day it doesn't have to be okay I'm going from three a day to zero a day and baby step there yeah like Amanda was saying um, and how Cassie was saying too, everybody's going to be completely different. I know some people that are most successful and they're like, get this SHI out of the house. Mm-hmm. So I am not even tempted, but it's a trigger. You know what I mean? They recognize that as a trigger. And if it's out of the house and they have different alternatives in the house, then they're more likely to, you know, follow through with their goals. Totally. You know, yeah. And yeah. Then, but then some other people, it's like, if I do that, then that's all I'm going to think about. So if, I think if I can portion it, so it's just completely different yeah. for yeah. everybody. Yes. And it is. And it, like I said, it can change even in the same person, you know, right. depending yeah. on what's going on. And so, um, you know, sometimes, um, getting it out of your life for a little while can be helpful because then it can help you build, especially if it's a habit, I think, you know, just from what I see, because it can help you build new habits that will be helpful and beneficial to you. And, um, if you're unable to reduce it, because you do feel like you can't control how much you're eating of it, then um, that might be a good option for you. Mm 
Yes. And really, we can help you break down like why you can't control, like why it might be a trigger. So we can help you plan alternatives for that. So whenever you're in a situation that triggers you to crave sugar, maybe it's a stressful work day or a stressful day with your kids or any type of stress, usually um, it can lead to sugar cravings. So try stress, other stress relieving activities like exercise or meditating or doing a hobby that you enjoy rather than using that sugary food as a reward for yourself. Yes. Um, next would be focus on whole foods and what you're eating during the day, which we already talked a little bit about. Uh, sometimes if you are going too hungry or going too long without eating, that can increase that, those sugar cravings. So make sure that you're well fueled throughout the day. Um, and then if you want to incorporate a piece of candy or a small sweet, that's completely fine. But what happens is if you're not eating or you're like saving up for that sweet item, then sometimes that's, it can make it all worse. worse. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so we've been talking about staying hydrated. It's especially, it's hot right now. So sometimes thirst can be mistaken for hunger cravings. And I have to remind myself of this too. Like, wait a second, I shouldn't be hungry. I'm probably thirsty. So stay hydrated by drinking plenty of water throughout the day. If you crave sweetness, try infusing water with fruits. And Cassie and I just did something on Facebook about that. So you can check that out. Um, find healthier sweet alternatives. Instead of turning to sugary snacks or desserts, experiment with healthier things. Satisfy your sweet tooth with naturally sweet foods like fresh fruits, dried fruits, or unsweetened yogurt with berries. And if you do like the Greek yogurt, you're getting a little bit of protein in there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love that the sweet tooth is a you know, normal thing for right. humans. And so I think some people get so frustrated, but it's actually something that's there for a reason. So that way we'll eat fruits um, that we need for our health. And so um, I think you know, acknowledging that and knowing that can be helpful. And um, the more you eat those really flavored, highly sweet products, process things, the less you're going to want to have fruit um, to satisfy that sweet craving. So again, it's just, it's a process, you know, it's but, adjusting um, your yes, taste buds. It is yeah. really. And like I said earlier, you know, adjusting what you want because, um, you know, I, and I have over the years made that adjustment and I've worked with a lot of clients that have, and it's just so much easier when you're not sitting there wanting, mm -hmm. you know, yes, I love ice cream. I love cookies. I love all of those things, but, um, but also having new habits and new, um, kind of go-to things because you mentioned having that you know sweet from mm -hmm. you know work and so that became a habit and you didn't yeah. think about it until you did think about it and you're like until what am I, like, doing? Why am I doing you this know because um, our right. brains automate things we've talked about that so um so having the automated thing the go-to thing being a healthier version um, can be really helpful um in motivating yourself because there's always going to be times when your motivation is gone <laughs> and <laughs> so, you will feel yeah. like this is so bland yeah. starting out when you start mm -hmm. reducing, mm -hmm. like, you know, it was kind of weird when I started reducing the sugar in my coffee and before I just completely stopped doing that in the mornings, but it's similar to when you reduce salt. It like, mm -hmm. we don't, I don't use a lot of salt at home. And then when we go out to a restaurant, my family knows right away, even the kids, like, this is a little salty or we're thirsty, yep. you know, after. Yeah. So it's similar, I think, at least when you're yeah. adjusting with, with sugar. It is because you know? with salt, I mean, imagine if you drank salt water all day long, right. how bland would everything taste, right. you know, and that's what people do with sweetened beverages, whether it's uh, non-caloric or ca with calories. And so, you know, to me, it makes sense that people want more sweet stuff because mm -hmm. um, they would do the same thing if it was salt. Yeah. It's nice that you could at least ask for half sweet now with some drinks and things. That's true. To reduce mm -hmm. the amount mm -hmm. and not just mm -hmm. get what they automatically have 
you know, on the menu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I was going to say one good way to evaluate like where your taste buds are as far as how much sugar you are used to is using almonds. So in college, I did a paper on this study that dietitians mm-hmm. used a group of people split into people who consumed too much sugar during their day and people who consumed lower amounts of sugar during the day. And they gave them a single almond to evaluate the flavor and found that people who consumed the lower amounts of sugar thought the almond had a really sweet flavor. And the people who consumed lots of sugar in their day did not find the almonds to taste sweet. So if you're curious on where your taste buds are as far as how much sugar you're craving, try an almond and see if you can taste the sweetness. And if you can't, Maybe that's something you could work on. Raw almonds are naturally Mm -hmm. sweet. They are. And not like a honey roasted almond. (laughs) Right. It's like a plain just a raw unroasted unsalted almond is what you yeah. want to that's try a, that, yeah that's that's interesting that is interesting yeah. Yeah. um and cassie even said it to herself she said over the years i've changed my habits so it takes sometimes a long time to build a new habit um but don't give up and seek help if you need it um we're here to help so a couple other things, getting enough sleep can definitely be important. Um, aim for seven to nine hours of quality sleep or else it can disrupt your hormones, which again can lead to increased sugar cravings and other cravings, chips, salty things, all that kind of stuff. And then managing stress. So stress can contribute to cravings and emotional eating. So practice stress management. Three, two, one. And then manage stress. So stress can contribute to cravings and emotional eating. So practice stress management, like we talked about earlier, whether it be exercise, meditation, deep breathing, all that kind of stuff can help at least get your mind off of cravings to where you're maybe thinking about something different and then it goes away. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes it doesn't. But again, you got to be mindful of yourself. Um, And then lastly is be mindful when you shop which we've talked about. Don't shop hungry. A lot of times it's very easy for sweets to end up in your car. Um, Stick to a list. Uh, If you want to buy something sweet, do so consciously. We're not sitting here trying to say don't have sugar. That's not what the goal is. Um, We're just saying that, you know, you just got to be mindful of it and know yourself. I think that's what it kind of boils down to. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just keep track. Yes. And that's where I like the the conscious decision because then you are doing it because you want to do it and you're thinking about it. Um, because in the store, which you've seen, probably there's all this stuff out there at eye level and you're like, Ooh, that looks good. You know, that if you're making choices based on that, then maybe, um, later you wouldn't want to have that, but you just have it because you did buy it. And so, um, and that's when you make the choice to eat the foods is when you're buying it in the store, you know? So Mm -hmm. if you can think about that, um, you know, one of my, my absolute favorite sweet treats is Ben and Jerry's chocolate fudge brownie ice cream. I love it. (laughs) I still love it. I've always loved it. And so, um, so, you know, I make a conscious decision to buy that at the store. And so, um, but I decide my, you know, kind of my own personal, you know, um, decision is that I decide before I go to the store, if I, if I'm going to buy it or not, if Mm -hmm. I want it that week. So, um, and so that way I feel, you know, I feel like it doesn't control me. I control, 
um, how I'm doing that. And I enjoy every bit and don't feel guilty. And, you know, and right. so, cause that's something else I want to, you know, just caution everyone about too, is just, um, if you have this huge guilt, um, associated with food, um, that takes the joy out of it and life is short. You know, we want to help you enjoy your food, um, and be able to have things in balance. And, and, um, from my perspective, whenever you're eating sweets, if you're doing it in a way that enhances your life and doesn't negatively impact your health, then I think that's great. So, um, and again, like Alex said, that doesn't mean don't ever have it, you know, right. for most people. Again, depends on where you are in your journey. Yes, <laughs> so of course. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, many years past and I did go through times whenever I did, um, you know, not do, have it in the house at all because I couldn't control myself. Yeah, So maybe like you, yeah. 15 years ago, if you had like a pint of ice cream in your fridge or freezer, like that was gone. Oh, you yeah. know, like and it wouldn't yeah. be. And now I can eat half of the pint. Yeah. And I feel, you know, I feel perfect and I don't feel upset at my stomach and I feel, you know, and then I have the other half another time the next day or whatever. And, and that's perfect for me. So, um, and again, you know, that's just, um, that's what I have experienced, but you can get there. And before I couldn't, you know, I'd probably eat half a gallon or something, right. you know, and so, um, and same thing, you know, with any other brownies, cookies, you know, that kind of stuff. So, and I know, um, a lot of people do struggle with that. Yeah. And it makes me think of like moms that like to bake with their kids or something mm -hmm. and feel like they can't bake because they don't want to have the cookies, which we don't want you to feel that way. You know, like you can't be in control of that situation. So we're definitely here to help. Yeah. In those instances. Yeah. You know, and that's, like yeah, really what the goal is to um, have that control over what you're doing and be able to enjoy life and enjoy the foods that you like, because, you know, we, it's amazing how many foods we have access to. I mean, right. and, and that's, you know, there, yes, that's a negative in a lot of ways, but also, I mean, think of all the flavors that we get to experience and all the, you know, um, and so um, there's also a lot of really cool things about it, but, um, but just being sure that you are doing it in a way that doesn't negatively impact you. Um, is important. Yeah, totally. And Cassie mentioned her favorite sweet. I feel like we should go around yeah. and tell oh, yeah, our no. favorite sweet treat. Yeah. Amanda, do you have one in mind? Yeah, Krispy Kreme donuts. I think really? you mentioned that yeah. before. Actually, I feel like I knew that. I knew <laughs> so many. They just like uh, fill the cracks. Like you never get full. It's like, <laughs> like melt right in. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite thing. Yeah, okay. it's also like a nostalgic thing. Like in high school, we used to like go to Krispy Kreme after games and all like socially hang out there. So sometimes sweets can be like, a, like we were saying, a psychological or mm -hmm. nostalgic factor too. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. And that's, that's okay. It. Yes. Yeah. It, it is okay. Yeah. And it's something I, I think embracing that and um, enjoying that and slowing down and enjoying the food and how amazing it tastes um, can be very helpful instead yeah. of always feeling like I can't do that or, yeah. you know, yeah. and like practicing and exposing yourself to that treat because it's a lifelong discipline of like how much makes me still feel my best. So like when I was in high school, I would literally eat like five donuts and then I would feel terrible. But now I can eat like one donut and also have some scrambled eggs or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. for breakfast and fresh fruit. And it's totally fine. I'm in control and I've enjoyed it. But that's that takes a lot of practice too to find it that does. right. Amount. Yeah. But you can do it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, I just had ice cream great. last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I just had ice cream like three days ago. <laughs> I, had to oh, I almost knocked over a microphone. 
Um, I had St. George's, not to knock your Krispy Kreme, but oh, I had St. Yeah. George's. St. George's is good. No. I love, I, well, if I were to pick like a sweet item in the morning, it'd be St. George's donuts. Yeah. Um, I would say DQ ice cream cake. Ooh, that's pretty oh. good. I've had it like every birthday forever. You I have? Love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't actually have this last birthday. What did I have this last birthday? Oh, my mom made a blackberry cobbler. That was pretty Ooh, fire. That sounds but, good. Um, DQ ice cream cake. Mm-hmm. And I have like a way I eat it. I eat like the vanilla first, then the chocolate, then like the Oreo <laughs> brownies i'm the baking mom so yeah. it's harder around like think the holidays the fall when it's cooler out but um i mean i don't have a problem with i'm i go through phases i think like if i make a batch of brownies that's a hard day like to control myself with but uh, I just usually like would make them and leave for work mm-hmm. you know and then but scott my husband is the one that's like don't put these in the house don't go buy this ice cream because then you don't eat it but I do so I mean we kind of go back and forth with uh, if it's in the house or not but brownies would definitely be I think my weakness out of all of the baking things brownies are you brownies. a corner piece or a middle Ooh, middle. middle 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 for sure yeah, I, like mm-hmm. I don't know if I trust people that eat corner pieces I honestly <laughs> no I'm just well, kidding I'm just joking, <laughs> I'm joking. my grandma or my husband's grandma has that pan where it's like it divides all the brownies into separate brownies like it has a grid inside the pan so every piece is a corner piece and I'm like what is going on dang this is terrible you're like you need to get rid of this pan well now I need to go eat my lunch because now I'm like okay brownies I need my lunch with lots of fruits and vegetables and protein and then have a sweet out there you go so overall we know that sugar is yummy we have talked about it for like 10 (laughs) minutes now um however it can be tricky to navigate and portion control um and you know, not overdo it, which is hard. But if we work to set realistic and sustainable ways to manage it, we can absolutely have our cake in moderation and eat it too. If you enjoyed today's topic, go ahead and like this episode and add a comment below. If you have a topic request, comment that below too. If you've been listening to Practical Nutrition for a while now or are brand new to our channel, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We are continuously trying to grow this platform to share all of the nutrition knowledge that we can, and those reviews can help us do that. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and we look forward to seeing you next time.